So this one then is going to go a, a bit deeper. So in South Africa's context, guys, if we're very, very honest, yeah, this gender-based violence thing is a black and brown people struggle. Especially because, let's be honest, they, black people are violent. Yeah? And our cultures, they, they put women down. I mean, we even sell our daughters for cows. So why are we, why are we surprised that gender-based violence exists where there's almost ownership of women? Uh, and and that it's always just black women. I mean, is 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 it true? Is is gender based violence in South Africa a particularly black and brown people struggle because we are just inherently violent people, or could there be another reason? I'm I'm quite curious. So I stumbled on this theory from people, um, because it is hard to understand for some why South Africa, in particular struggles of gender-based violence this heavily and that it always looks like it's black people so what are your point of views i'm i'm, I'm curious to hear i hope i wasn't overly triggering um but I'm, I'm i'm curious to hear your answers is black culture in any case always like so-called black culture always putting women down in any case so why are we surprised? Let me see who I'm going to suggest. Oh, I see slices here. Slice, what's your what's your opinion? And then I'll go to Ria. Slice, can do you do you have an opinion somehow? Um, okay. If you hear somebody snoring in the background, sharing the room, I'm sorry guys. <laughs> I wanted to say uh what was I gonna say? Um I think the whole like race does play a big role in this because um, like the way black people have been perceived for many years and stuff um, still rings true when this issue comes along and we kind of need to stop prejudging people because of their skin color and assuming that because they're black they're violent um, and I think that plays a big big role in the fact that people are being violated well black people's issues are highlighted more because white people are quiet about the issues and it's low-key or they keep it within their like it's i don't know it just seems like black people speak out a lot more and it's more prevalent because first also we're a majority in this country so we'll have more cases because there's more black people in the country but if it was a nation that was 50-50. I feel like we'd have the same prevalence among all those people. And also we've got like bigger problems of unemployment and frustrations and stuff like that. And I don't think, I don't justify the fact that people hit each other. But I think um, those problems tend to breed violence among people. I think also in the colored community, it's the same thing. Um, and that's why we find this problem so prevalent there. Um, yeah, that's my opinion. Okay, cool, cool. Ria? 
Uh, okay, so firstly, <laughs> um, I feel like generally modern culture um, puts women down. I don't think it's necessarily specific to black and brown culture. I think culture in general, um, modern culture, because I feel like if you look back historically, women were quite revered, but I feel like in you know, modern culture and modern ideologies, um, women are put down. So I feel like it's a universal thing. And the dowry thing, I mean, lots of different cultures do dowries, but just, I don't think it's black specific. I think mm-hmm. it's, you just need to look at dowries in general. Um, so, but the reasons why I wrote down for why I feel like it's more prevalent in these black communities or brown and black communities was firstly, I wrote um, um, men are just generally, I feel like, have proven to be like inherently violent. Because um, if you look at conquests of the world that were led by men, they were always violent conquests, um, you know. So I feel like men generally, in terms of asserting power, it's always historically been very violent. So then if you look at that, where in areas where, you know, black and brown people were essentially, for lack of a better word, conquered, they were conquered so violently. And, you know, the men were targeted and the men were taken away. I feel like a lot of times black and brown men try to, or are like extra trashy in this regard because they're trying to regain some sense of power. So they rebrand the violence and the patriarchy that was enforced on them onto their own women. And I feel like that's a lot of times what we see happens. Um, I feel like struggle breeds more struggle. So brown and black communities, just socioeconomically and stuff, it's just, it's a struggle. So these things are like, it's just like a petri dish for like more, disgusting things to happen so I feel like that's why we also see a spike and then also because in black communities specifically we have this thing where we equate to struggle like the struggle life ideology like Mm -hmm. the ride or die and yeah you know because I mean like for instance what happened now recently with Meg the Stallion and Tori shooting her and then people were being like I want a man to love me enough to shoot me if I try to leave and I'm like wow okay <laughs> and then lastly <laughs> it's problematic and then lastly I think um black women like Malcolm X said black women are the most disrespected person in society so it, it it's bound to be at a peak in our community or we see it more um mm-hmm. because generally I feel like if there's a totem pole black women are not even on the totem pole we're on the side told to mm-hmm. worship the totem pole um and yeah black and asian women are highly fetishized if you look at in terms of it's just an intense amount of fetishization over an asian and black and female body so i feel like with that stereotype in the mind um you know with all these like porn sites as well trying to push that narrative even i'd say like east east european women as well like that almost like dehumanizing just sexual objectification um type of thing just also breeds um this ideology that that's just all they are and that's why i feel like you see so much of it in those communities and would you then say that's what leads to the ownership because i i i would say that it it it, the, the the level of violence that we tend to see always has this tinge of you are mine and I can do whatever I please, you know, versus I, almost just the instrumental 
value of violence. Like we know violence in essence can have a purpose and a value. That's why it is used in war. That's why it is used to for protests. But the gender-based violence, we always get a, a sense in South Africa's case that it always feels deeply personal and deeply like, I own you. And somehow you yeah. forgot that. No, I definitely feel like it's big on ownership. Like, again, like I said, with almost sort of like the repackaging of the patriarchy. I feel like a lot of times people feel like they've lost everything that was supposed to be theirs or never been theirs, whether it be land or resources or treasures or even their woman, because apparently dating outside is destroying your black genes. I don't know. Only when you're a woman, of course. But um yeah, so I definitely think it's definitely about ownership. I think if you look at the example that um happened recently with the SK Cosa sex party scandal on Twitter, and then people saying, Well, where was this energy? Like, why is there a different energy for the Parkland issue when it was like foreign nationals, foreign African nationals to SK Cosa's situation now? And then, you know, South African men on Twitter were like, Yeah, well, we're South Africans and these are our women, so you know, they shouldn't bash. And I was like, wow, you know, like, so you own that. So it's okay if you do it. But like, no other brother can, as I was shook. So definitely, I feel like we're owned. I feel like women have always been seen as a commodity. If you even look sometimes at the way, sometimes the Bible is written. This is not a, like a, a bash on God because I feel like, you know, humans wrote it. Divinely inspired, but humans wrote it. Um, it was just very much written like women are an object or because I feel like when they mentioned in the commandments things you shouldn't cover it, they made they mentioned objects and like assets and women were part of that list. So I feel like inherently people just think they can own us and we're just something to be owned and we don't belong to ourselves. Okay. Now that thank you for your contribution then Bali. Um, okay, so with me and this statement, it's, for me, it's more so uh, uh, an, a failed understanding of what some cultures do. So this thing of, especially when it says what, I mean, you guys even sell your daughters for cows. <laughs> you know, like, at first, you know, it's very easy to see it like that, but if you look deeply into what um, Ilobola and Mahadi are, it's an appreciation, you know, it's not necessarily just selling to your daughter like she's something, it was uh, um, it's it's to thank your, your what's the family, you know, I mean that's what I was taught, Ruti when you have these negotiations and stuff, you are essentially saying thank you to the family for raising such a beautiful, or for raising, um the daughter, sorry, for raising your daughter, you know, to, 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 it's, it's an appreciation thing, more so, not a sale, not a transaction, more so an appreciation. That's what I have always seen it as, and that's what I was taught. Mm -hmm. And now with um, the violence thing, I think because it's, there's so much, like she has to belong to someone for her to be a person instead of her just being a person by herself. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's a major thing. And with 
black woman, it was always the thing of, you know, you even like you, I'm giving you attention type thing. I mean, I, I was told that, at, at, you know, like, you know, don't even think you're, <laughs> you're that special. Like, at least I'm giving you attention. It's like, wow. No. <laughs> why why must i live like that why must i live for the constant attention and then there's also the double standard that okay at least i'm getting attention and then when i do get attention it's like ah why is she getting so much attention whatever whatever, whatever. like mm. there was just there's always something wrong with a black woman like the fact that she's doing i guess is a problem but a lot of the times when black men want to now describe their preference we say no i prefer white girls okay why you know black girls are no why do you prefer white girls? <laughs> Don't start with black girls. I'm asking <laughs> you to define your preference. You know, like a lot of the time, if you ask, I don't know, I've asked this question a lot of times and it has always been, okay, why do you prefer another race? You know, and then they always start with the negativity of the black girl. And it's like, okay, but you're not describing why. No, I was going to get to that. I was watching a video where this girl was saying, yeah, she, when she was asking this question, this guy was like, no, she was going to, he was going to get to why he likes white girls. And it's like, okay, but I, that's the question. Don't, don't bring the other things. That's, that's not the point. And that's also another thing because you're looking for something else just because you don't want to tolerate who, or you don't want to deal with the black girl and who she is in her power, in her strength, in her beauty, in all her magnificence, you know, that mm. bothers you because she can stand on her own with or without you, number one. And she clearly doesn't need you because even if you go away, she's still standing. She's still who she is. I can't She's still um, that person. And I think that was always a thing that because people, a lot of people are uncomfortable with the unknown or uncomfortable with things. Oh my goodness, okay. Let me let me just move because wow. <laughs> Yo, I yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, because people are very like they they uncomfortable with things that they can't control and mm. things that they can't now they want to control it. Now they want to put it in its place, not realizing that that's I'm not meant to be boxed in. I'm not meant to do this. I'm not meant to do this. And now I think that's also where the violence stems from is because me, where I am, I, sh I, I, I am who I am. I'm smart. I am, I'm all these things. Now you can't deal with it because I'm challenging you. You can't deal with it because you cannot treat me like a, an object. You know, I'm not going to mold to who you want me to be or what you want me to be. And that makes you uncomfortable. And that, you know, once makes you want to now um, what is it? make me that person that you want me to be. And then the violence comes in. And then also because also how some cultures were raised, because it was just your name. Excuse me? If only Begazella was just your name. <gasps> yeah. It's just, oh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a very it's a very complex sort of um thinking because you're also teaching women to tolerate the things because I need to develop 
like it was said, like the black woman is the most disrespected um, person ever because now we're taught to tolerate the bare minimum or we're taught to highlight and celebrate the bare minimum, forgetting that, you know, like, I don't, yeah, it's, yeah, it makes me angry, but it's also what we live with. Because mm. also there was a text that says, um, a friend of mine, she posted, like someone tweeted that her friend was so happy that this person that she's talking to would send a good morning text every day. Like, what to? Mm. Really? <laughs> you know, and it's because we're so used to being given the bare minimum that now, if it, not even the bare minimum, less than that, that when we get the bare minimum, it's celebrated. And now, because we don't want to lose this person, we'll tolerate whatever they give or whatever they don't give. Mm. The fact that they they look at me in this thing because we're, we we haven't been celebrated enough or we haven't been seen as human or we haven't been seen as it's just us it's so much it's it's there's so much baggage on the black woman you know mm. and this violence it's because she she's standing up for herself or because she's standing up for her sister or because she's just standing up as a woman that is a problem now because it's like why <laughs> that's, that's not your thing mm. no. I mean, yeah, that's, that's my two cents. I have something else to say that I forgot. That's fine. You'll come back later. So I saw Musa's hand was up. And then I, I can also see in the chat that there's quite a bit happening because someone, uh, Agani was asking um, Bali uh, why in her theory of, you know, um, the family's thanking the, the man's family's thanking the woman's family for raising this uh, child. Uh, why then don't that ha- doesn't that happen to to the guy's family? Why isn't he thanked in a similar way? But I think then the chats there's some some good responses there. But if Musa still has something to say, you you can speak now. Otherwise, we're gonna move on. I'm here. All right, let's let's hear your points. Okay, so it's answering this question, and I think. Uh, I think it's a more of an inequality problem than first before we get to it making before we make it out just to be about a black people issue. I think in a society where people have not decided, but where a certain group of people have decided that there are people who are more equal than others or more important than others, then the least favorite ones, if when it comes to what like this like. The, the the life cycle of violence will go down to then they'll be the ones to get the most of it and then when we look at a country like south africa uh we then look at the fact that you know if you are whiter then or if you're white and if you're not black then you will suffer the most rather the least from the violence that is sort of embedded in our culture and the system of oppression that existed um and i think we see it all the time like we see that black men specifically or even let's just say blacks in general are programmed to sort of respect um people that are not um black right so if they're white there's no respect or general reverence is paid towards them you see with security guards you know if if you're like at the parking ticket i mean parking um parking lots or anywhere and you're driving out 
and there's something wrong with, and you're black, you'll get accosted or yelled at. If it's a white person, they'll speak to them nicely. So all these like small behavioral differences that we see tell us that already there's a form of disrespect towards certain races because of the historical um, sort of impact we have from apartheid, slavery, anything, all, all these kind of things that we've sort of have embedded in our culture as, 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 as black people and thus as black men and that we sort of express in that way. I also have like one example where I was speaking to one of my friends, uh, she's white, her name is Gemma, and we were talking about like gender-based violence and she was saying that if we're walking together, there's a better chance of someone killing you than hurting me. And that's because there's that general respect in society for a whiter person than there is for a black woman. And so these are like kind of discussions that are sensitive to have, but we should definitely have them to say, why then would a whiter woman be more important than a black woman? Yeah, that's them. All right, Akani, you, do, do you want to speak or would you wait for later? Hello. Hello. Hi, can you guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. Um, okay, um, I'd like to speak now. Okay. Um, thanks. I feel like this question highlights the, the compounded problem that Black women face atop the general universal patriarchy and is that we are bound by culture as well. So I feel like Lobola, in my opinion, does commodify a woman because when my mom explained it to me, because I've asked her this question before, um, she spoke about you're going into the man's family and you're gonna bear him children. Someone mentioned it in the chat. So they basically, buying your eggs sort of <laughs> so that's like so that's the kind of transaction she was talking about so that's what they are um saying thank you to the family for because of that um surname and children thing that someone also brought up in the chat so i do feel like um when we speak about that ownership and it's linked to a gender-based violence especially in our black and brown communities i feel like our our outcry here is also our cry is like also okay on hello oh okay um i feel like our outcry here highlights our discomfort with culture because of the ownership um, idea that culture um, it, that culture brings into the whole um, marrying thing. I'm not so sure if you guys are getting me, but yeah, no, we get you. We are basically yeah. So we are basically also expressing our discomfort because as we fight and we realize that things aren't changing, we are ultimately going to get to the root cause here. And that is that we are seen as objects, we are seen as things that people can own 
So because of that, they can do all of these things. So I do feel like us um, speaking about the violence is, is leading us to the culture chats and hopefully dismantle some laws and rules that ultimately are detrimental for, that are inherently detrimental for women. Mm. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you, Akan. Um, before I let, I let Mo speak, I, I would definitely say um, the issues of, of, of culture, maybe in South African context, our challenges, because we didn't really write things down and our culture was shared through word of mouth, through you know, speech, through stories, uh, through music. Um, what then easily happens is original purpose of things can get lost in translation. And there, there, there's sometimes a need for us to, to interrogate intention and reality. And I kind of agree that the intention may never have been um, ownership, but definitely it's, it becomes harder and harder to dispel the fact that it looks like there's a sense of ownership, especially in very violent relationships, in relationships that are broken, in relationships that are complicated. You then almost hear this essence that you know, they, there might be an element of that. And that's why it's not maybe a bad thing to relook at it and have conversations about what was the intention? Is it still the intention? How do we get back to that intention uh, if we all agree that we like the intention? But yeah, that, that's cool. So let's, let's let Mo speak and then Ria, then yeah, we, mu we must move forward. But I, I like where this was going. Mo, you may speak. I think I just want to touch on the violence. Yeah. That's the only part I want to speak about. So in terms of our people being violent, I think Ria kind of touched on it a little bit. How are we not supposed to be violent when historically violence has been used against our people? Sure. So I think that's why you find that a lot of black and brown people tend to be violent because it's been a thing that has happened to them for so long and the response was violence is used against me i'm going to use violence against those people who are using it but like example that i could use um to to show that maybe our people are a bit more violent and i'm not speaking for everybody and I'm not generalizing here, but in my experience of teaching black kids, um, I've seen quite a few cases where if one of the kids is wronged by another kid, the automatic response is Nzom Shai. <laughs> and to me, it's just been very baffling. And I, I don't know if it is a cultural thing, a black thing, a um, I still have yet to learn that this is not the way or what it is, but I've witnessed fights over the smallest things. I remember in 2014 when I started teaching in uh, a township school in the East Rand, 
one of the boys passed Zambak behind another boy's back and that turned into a fight. So those kinds of responses just kind of, I, I get the comment of our people are violent because if you can respond in that manner over something so small, then maybe it is an inherent thing. But then again, I'm not trying to generalize because I don't think that I am personally violent. And oh. so that, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Awesome. No, thank you. Rhea and then KB. Um, yeah, just on like two things. I, I don't know. I feel like, I think culture is a very good and important thing to speak on culture. I just don't know if it really is the presence or even the lack thereof of the diary that's really the problem. Because I've, you know, people are trying, I've been progressive in the last couple of years and some people have been like, I'm not going to pay a dowry um, or I'm going to help my partner pay out the dowry. But then when problems arise in the marriage, it's always like, no, I really wanted to marry yourself. Pay your own lavola. Or, or no, I can do what I want. So whether he pays or not, men feel entitled to owning us anyway. So I feel like sometimes we try and find a scapegoat. And I'm not saying that culture is perfect because definitely there are issues. But mm. I feel like sometimes it's just too easy to place the problem on the dowry because many people don't pay dowries or the partner helps them out and they still face the same violence. And mm. then with the thing yeah, of... Um, before you move to the next point, Ria, I, I, think, I think where perhaps we're all losing each other in the translation or yeah, in, in how we understand this specific point on maybe the dowry or or a lobola, even in a transaction where someone says, let me help you, even in a conversation of, I won't pay it, there is obviously a conscious decision that must be taken. So this thing is an obstacle because there is a meaning attached to it. And that is then why if there would then be a disagreement, it's brought back. So it does almost suggest that there's an, there's an understanding that maybe we're not explicit enough to say, do we see this thing as ownership? And that's why it's blocking us from getting married. So let me help you because I'm fine with it because it seems so necessary. And then it does become a block, you know? And definitely like probably contextually, depending on where we are uh, in terms of even just our socioeconomic class, the conversation may look different. But um, I, I think essentially we're all kind of saying the same thing, that culture matters and it's probably not scapegoating, but it's almost a, a recognition that even in that moment where we have to decide, are we going to do it, are we not? We're not even having the conversation of what, what's the meaning of this thing and do we agree in its meaning or in our silence, we're allowing the other person to assume they know that I think you're not buying me or you know I bought you right type of vibe because we don't want to be explicit to say, Gonja, what does this thing mean to you? You know? All right. All right. I think I understand better. Thank you. Um, and then lastly, on us being violent and the kids at school thing, I think something that I've always had very, this is just me thinking out loud, that I've had problems with as growing up is that, you know, when you're a kid, depending on how strict your family is, even when you make small mistakes, you would be reprimanded with sure. violence or a beating or something. But then your parents would go and tell you, 
when you go outside and you meet other kids and someone does something to you, keep your head down, let it go, let it be water off your back, don't fight. And I feel like this sort of like miss, like sort of like this hypocrisy and also like um, this mixed message just causes a problem. And I feel like now we've gotten into a situation with black and brown people, it's where it's nature and nurture. Like violence is almost, because like there was a study that like suffering becomes genetic like you pass it on like yes it's a genetic thing and i feel like then we've got the violence of the suffering which is then our which is the nature like it's within us and then then the nurture as well because now there are these beatings and these displays of violence in the home that are not necessarily equivalent to the thing that has happened or transpired and then now you take it with you Perfect. I, I like that. That's a very good reflection. Thanks. Uh, KB, and then we are moving on. Yeah. Um, I just read with regards to violence. So if you look at it from a, biologic, a biological point of view, um, we, like all mammals, creatures, whatever, have a the whole fight or flight reflex, right? Whenever we feel threatened, see that we run away or we defend ourselves using some form of some violence at times. But and then humans, of course, we, we with our, our level of communication, our level of um, reasoning and intellect and whatnot, there's, there are many layers that we put on top of that, but then there are things that we don't fundamentally... Um, I don't want to say correct, but handle within ourselves when it comes to stuff like this. And then we, we, we often don't, we don't find ways to explain it. But inside us, I think that there's a lot of the time still that fight or flight reflex that we apply to certain situations. So there's some situations for each person, the situations can differ. There are many common situations, but for instance, uh, to one person when a car is coming at, at them, some person may feel a higher flight or, uh, fight or flight reflex than someone else um, because we make different associations as human beings. Like that's just, that's just how we've developed our psyches over time, over the centuries, whatever. That's the level of rationality we're able to have. So now when it comes to violence, um, the things that we assign the fight or flight reflex to, especially fighting with violence, because I would rate that's more or less where it comes from. It's a reflex of you need to defend yourself or or what you believe what you believe you need to defend in some state like and even with animals we see that they fight sometimes for control for mates and stuff like that or for territory and stuff but they don't necessarily fight to control other animals so then now with humans we see threats to ourselves where we don't have things the way we want them we don't have we don't have control over others sometimes people want control over others to feel like they um, are safe you know um, they don't know how to, they see, they, they feel threatened when they don't control what's external to them, um, believing that what's external to them ultimately impacts all that is about them. Like they cannot uh, function somewhat in and of themselves. Um, so yeah, also what Ria said about just um, children, I think it was Ria said about children um, being reprimanded heavily by their parents and whatnot. Um, I mean, you do something wrong and then your parents don't think to talk to you or like go through things in a, in a sort of process. You just learn that, hey, I do this. If, and 
basically you, you you sort of you see with your parents where you don't do what your parents want or you do something yeah basically what they don't want you get punished so and that's how you learn to deal with um defending yourself when when you see the threat of someone not doing what you want and then you get violent so i rate that that um that's a it's a strong thing that's come it, it's it's built up like through through centuries and through generations unfortunately and as humans, we do have the ability to, you know, say that this is not the way we have to do it. But it's a very common thing. Uh, we've seen it in all types of, uh, in all different levels, like with conquering co colonialism, uh, in the workplace, microaggressions, everything. We do see different levels of it. Um, and it's very unfortunate that that's how people choose to see things like this situation. Um, elicits a fight or flight type of reflex from me and then they choose violence or some type of aggression or anything so i reach it really comes down to that and what we assign the 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 the, mon the name let me just say name i can't think of a better word of threats to what we decide to classify as threats and also how we test how we handle how we choose to respond mm -hmm. and many of us don't actually reflect on those two things that um yeah, come together to make such tragic things happen. So yeah, no, that's how I see it. Anyway. No, that's cool. I, you know, what, what excites me about this conversation is that definitely as a social worker, when I spent my time at Teddy Bear Clinic dealing with sexual violence, I, I worked with both victims and then I ran a diversion program with perpetrators, which are obviously then the young boys. One of the difficult thing about the interventions that currently exist is that um is that we we aren't designing programs that are willing to have the nuance where we deal with the fact that why why as black people are we are we so violent you know it's almost it, it almost just wants to cover up these things and that's why it's not always effective because this would then mean we now have to bring in family then we have to bring in conversations of what is your discipline things going on here what are that the dynamics between mom and dad or mom and gogo and things like that how is power playing out here because it's modeled so that is also why i i allow this question to be in here so that we could really realize that when we want to make interventions we can't jump something like this where it does feel a little bit more uncomfortable because there are elements within culture that we love you know there we look at ourselves in the mirror and we're like i'm not violent but we know there's a part of us that we're like he's dangerous and that contributes to how then we should make interventions because when we leave that out while well, almost just doing things and not dealing with one of the root causes so that's why it's there but let's let's move on